Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What up, Fightful fam? Welcome to One Two Punch, player one. Shaquille Madjui, player two, New Year Nick Baldwin. You got you got off this time. You got off easy on the nicknames. Uh, happy New Year, man. Happy New Year to you, Shaq. Uh, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, 2021, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, sorry for the delay, guys. I was just uh, venting about my life to... You know, my therapist I, I, here, Nick Baldwin. I, I feel like a counselor now. Like, I think I should just scrap the MMA <laughs> journalism thing and go into, like, I don't know what, it, what you would call it, what type of therapy or counseling. But yeah, yeah. Well, clearly, that's, that's I a new am thing. ready to hit 2021 ground, you know, 2021 running. But now guys, <laughs> let's just jump into it. Uh, Caleb chimes in, little hungover, but my baby's home, so I'm just going to enjoy the show. You're right. One Two Punch is home in your home, Caleb. And I can agree with you on the hungover part. Uh, welcome, guys. This is One Two Punch. For those of you who know how the show works, you know how the show works. If you're a first-time listener or viewer, thank you for joining us. Happy New Year. This is One Two Punch. It's news talk, but on a win-lose-draw system. What that means is we're going to assign not the week, but the year's biggest winners and losers. And we got nothing to draw a preview for. But if we have time, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the very busy month of MMA ahead of us. Let me hit this animated intro and we will get right to it. Boom. Some quick housekeeping note, folks. Hit, oh, that's the wrong one. Hit the subscribe button, tap the notification bell, leave a like on this video. That helps us do a lot. Um, on top of that, if you guys can just leave a, you know, when you leave a like, engage with us in the chat. That's the biggest thing. We want to hear from you guys. We'll get to all your comments, questions. Uh, and someone is asking if I forgot to update my Twitter handle on this graphic. You're right. I did forget to update my Twitter handle on this graphic. It is now at Shaq underscore Foo because I am super indecisive. And MMA Fight Picks, we know who that is, says, It's the baby face giant, Nick, back at it. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, that's that's very nice. Guys, let's get to it because I know... People are ready to hear about MMA goodness. And goodness, goodness, what a year it has been. Nick, let's start with the winners. Let's let's I, I think I think we should up the vibe in the room a little bit. Who is your biggest winner or biggest winners of uh, 2020? You can go in order by ranking if you don't have them ranked you don't have to i don't have mine ranked but just let no. me know who do you think's a big winner we can go maybe back and forth on these yeah i mean the, these aren't in any particular order but i think 
probably a good starting point is Davison Figueredo, the, mm. the reigning UFC flyweight champion. He went 3-0-1 in 2020, and the one being a draw was one of the best fights of the year against Brandon Moreno. And so count that as a win to me. Um, Figueredo had a, re- had a rough start to 2020, as I mean, we, we all did, to be honest. And, and that that's on, honestly kind of what makes Figueredo's run in 2020 that much sweeter, that much better, um, is that it did start with a bit of adversity. He missed weight for his vacant flyweight title fight against Joseph Benavides, won that fight. There was a bit of controversy in the fight. But then he steamrolled Benavides in a rematch, made weight, won the title, and defended the title twice in the span of 21 days, breaking a UFC record for quickest turnaround between title fights for a champion or challenger. I mean, Figueredo went from just kind of being a guy in the flyweight division to being potentially a, a breakout star. I mean, is Davison Figueredo a household name outside of MMA fans? No, but could he get there? I mean, he, he likes the glasses. He likes the bling. He, you know, yeah. he, he's not afraid to call people out. He, I mean, his fighting style is incredible. Um, Ariel Helwani has been on, on his bandwagon a little bit for a while now, and he's been saying Davison Figueredo could be a star. And so, I think long-term what Figueredo has done is ultimately propelled the flyweight division to glory. I mean, for all at the beginning of the year and before 2020, we weren't really sure if 125 pounds would be a thing come 2020, 2021. And now it absolutely will be. And uh, there's no way flyweight is going away now. So I give a lot of prop to, or a lot of credit to Figueredo for, for saving the division potentially. Is he a star right now? Probably not. Will he be? Definitely. Can I spell his name right now? No, I can't. Will I ever be able to? Probably not. Uh, And I agree with you. I think Davis and Figueroa, without a doubt. I I think anywhere outside of the World MMA Awards, ironically enough, basically everyone else had Davison as the fighter of the year. Uh, But, you know, I think we can give a little bit of a pass to the World MMA Awards because they actually, I think, were... I'm pretty sure they gave it to Israel Adesanya, if I'm not mistaken, but they were going from January of 2019 to July of 2020. So that sort of boosts Izzy's resume and and, and sort of weighs down Brandon Moreno's. Uh, and without a doubt, Brandon Moreno, uh, sorry, Davidson Figueredo, not only uh, independently one of the biggest winners of the year, but I want to bounce off of something that you said. And yes, these graphics are also outdated, but... Flyweight as a whole, we, we've talked about this on other programs, but we started the year with Flyweight basically dead in the water. The division was going nowhere. There was no champion. Uh, Davidson Figueredo missed weight. And at that point, it was just like cruel, sick humor. You're like, this was supposed to be the restart for the division, and yet we are here with a clear number one guy in the division, but one who doesn't seem capable of making Flyweight. And I think at that point, even a, a lot of the diehard flyweight fans were about ready to, you know, they, they've gone through the grieving process and they were ready to accept the what seemed like like immediate and undeniable demise of a division. But here we are. And Dana White gives a lot of credit to Mick Maynard for coming up with some ideas to tweak the division. I, I don't quite know what those were or if that whether or not that praise is deserved. But, hey, I'm not going to question it. Here we are end of 2020 one of the best you know uh, ending with a flyweight fight that was considered probably number two at most number three in the all-time best fights of the year category and the division is i'd say hotter than it's ever been and that includes when it had a you know uh, an incredible champion like demetrius johnson and henry cejudo i mean who by and large is a more popular fighter than figueredo but for one reason or another figueredo his fights and his demeanor outside the cage has almost translated better than Suhudo's has, which I don't think anyone would have guessed. I mean, just look at Davis and Figueroa's name and you would think this guy's never going to be a star. But I mean, I, I think it's just a combination of everything. I mean, I, I, I do think the turnaround helped him a lot. I think the going from submitting Alex Prez and then agree in, in less than two minutes and agreeing to his next fight, that night before leaving the apex in Vegas and fighting 21 days later, like for a champion, how cool is that? And I think a lot of people looked at that, looked at that and thought, yeah, Figueredo, I, I like this guy. I, I'm a fan now. Let's go from there. Uh, 
you know what? I think I think what I want to do is maybe alternate between winners and losers. It's not quite the typical format of the show, but uh, I think we're probably going to have quite a few losers this year, and so I don't want to drag down the show too much by just crapping on everyone. Uh, and because it ties in so nicely, rough year for Joseph Benavidez, you know, a, a, a long time title threat, one of those guys who you always felt was at most two fights away from championship glory. He gets that first crack against Davison Figueroa to start the year. It doesn't go his way, but there was like, you know, I, I, I think people were exaggerating on the whole headbutt situation. You know, there was a headbutt between the two prior, just before uh, Benavidez lost, but I think it was very clear that Davison was the better of the two men. Um, but there was enough doubt between the missed weight and the clash of heads that you're like, okay, let's run this back. Let's give Benavidez another chance. And, oh, like, not only was Benavidez handed two losses by Davison and, and really sort of booted from the conversation of uh, the flyaway title picture, but beyond that, like, those were two of the more uncomfortable losses to watch this year like the way he was right especially the second one the way he was just walloped on knocked down repeatedly and then just choked unconscious like visibly it was so hard and that's like the last guy you would want to see that happen to so yeah joseph benavidez you know winner in life he's had a tremendous run he's got a tremendous wife and megan olivi you know he he, he's, he's super super damn fashionable more than you and i ever will be um but in terms of his octagon career, he he had his he held his head up high, but unfortunately, it was sort of Joseph Benavidez's last stand. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of the year that we saw. Okay, Benavidez. At I mean, I'm guessing at this point he's probably 36, 37. Like he's getting up there for sure, maybe mid 30s. I mean, he's not done. He's still probably one of. He's probably still a top ten flyweight. Like I think he beats. Like, he's fighting Askar Askarov, and I mean, that's a winnable fight for Benavidez. It could go either way, in my opinion. Um, but he's not going to be a champion. He, I mean, and, and it really sucks to say, because I think Joseph Benavidez will go down as probably one of the best UFC fighters in history to never win a belt. But at this age, with Davison Figueredo on the rise, with Brandon Moreno coming up pretty, pretty fast, Alex Perez, I think Benavidez... 2020 was the year that he started to really head on a downward trajectory and i i doubt he ever reaches i mean i he probably won't ever get another title shot just because he's had so many um and it's too bad because he was just kind of in the sport at the wrong time dj was at the top and no one was stopping him in his prime so sucks for benavides but that's the way the sport goes that is how it goes okay uh i just want to quick take a quick detour the one man show network on reddit has posted this video um, with the title, Fact, Nick Baldwin has been 16 for nine years. Well, Nick, I'm going to call you a winner because you still got that fresh, baby-smooth skin, and I'm afraid that the One Man Show Network is just a wee jealous that they're getting sandy and dry and wrinkly and old and decrepit. What even is this One Man Show Network, and how do they know me? How do they know us? They, you, you know who it is. You know who it is. Oh, do I? Same it, guy from MMA. The Aaron, same Aaron loser Wienbaum? from MMA Fight Fix. Yes, that is the one. Uh, I'm going to say Mr. 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 Ally Quinta himself. Yes, Mr. Ally Quinta himself. Uh, guys, quick reminder, just because I totally flubbed it off the top. Hit us up in the chat because that lets me know that this show is not falling apart, that we've got less tech difficulties than Morning Combat, although it is my favorite MMA program. Uh, and please leave us a super chat donation. We're still going to get to all the chats, especially because it's New Year's Day, but leave us a dollar, leave us a thousand. I have our pref- my preference, but either way, it helps us do what we do, helps pay me, helps pay our staff. Lots of love all around. Okay. Um, Sylvia Cyberpunk asks, is Habib the GOAT? G-O-T-E. Um, let's get to that because I would say this was a huge year for Habib. Now, uh, there's a there's a loser's a consequence, which is Habib versus Tony Ferguson, the cursed fight which fans ultimately never got. But Habib retires 29-0. Unfortunately, the death of his father sort of accelerated his UFC retirement, but he gets to leave in basically unheralded unheard of form as an undefeated fighter at the highest level of the sport head held high dominating all title challenges no matter how highly we think of those guys um 
you know, we're always going to have the conversation of is Habib the greatest of all time, just based on the, uh, you know, everyone's got different criteria. It's either him, George St. Pierre, John Jones, Fedor, or Anderson Silva. That's generally the conversation, or Demetrius Johnson. Um, I don't want to have that conversation, but what I do want to do is take a moment and celebrate what Habib achieved, because regardless of whether or not he's the greatest of all time, he is without a doubt. Uh, he achieved something that no one ever has and probably never will. Uh, how big of a year was this for Habib? It was a huge year. And some people might say, oh, Habib wasn't one of the biggest winners of 2020 because he only fought once. But I mean, when you, as you spoke about, as if you retire with an undefeated record after becoming a UFC champion and fighting the top names in the sport like Khabib did. Um, I mean, no one's ever done that before. So just by that alone, he's he's a huge winner in 2020. Um, the fact that he shut down who many people considered Khabib's toughest test today, Justin Gaethje, I mean, it didn't look like that whatsoever. Um, Justin Gaethje, in my, for my money, is the, the, without Khabib in the picture, is the best lightweight on the planet. And Khabib made him look almost like an amateur. <laughs> and so, yeah, Habib, he, he, in my opinion, he's not the GOAT, but that doesn't matter. Like, he's still yeah. one of the most dominant fighters ever, probably the most dominant fighter, one of the greatest ever. Um, and after shutting down Justin Gaethje, retiring on his own terms um, at the top of the sport, 29-0, unprecedented, historic. I mean, he absolutely is one of the biggest winners uh, of 2020. And it's not even really up for debate, in my opinion. Let's bounce back to the losers then, because, you know, the funny thing is, as, as you sort of see a pattern with this, where there is a winner, there is a loser. And, you know, as big of a winner as Habib was this year in the lightweight division, no one had a bigger fall from grace, unfortunately, than El Kakui, Tony Ferguson. Uh, he just, man, he, keep in mind, he, he, almost, he almost knocked out Justin Gaethje in round two of their fight. And had there been more time on the clock, maybe he would have figured it out, but Ultimately, he takes a crap ton of damage, loses that fight, um, doesn't get the Habib fight that everyone had been waiting for, and then ends 2020 with a one-sided loss to Charles Oliveira that was obvious to everyone except Tony Ferguson, apparently. Um, and I just don't know where he goes from here. Another guy who looks like his best days are behind him. And this is, this is sort of the thing, right? We, we see the likes of Andre Olofsky and Alistair Overeem keep on ticking. And that's not to say that Tony Ferguson is done as an MMA fighter, but it just seems like his time as a true title threat are behind him. Uh, man, what do you expect to see from Tony Ferguson in 2021 based on how 2020 went? Well, it's tough to say, but I don't think it'll be, you know, the Tony Ferguson of old. I don't think all of a sudden El Kakui makes some big turnaround and, and, you know, gets revenge against Justin Gaethje, earns the title shot back to glory. I don't think that'll be the case at all. Will he fall down entirely and be retired by the end of the year or cut from the UFC? No, I really doubt it. Um, losing to Justin Gaethje and Charles Oliveira does not mean you're a shot fighter or you're a sub top 15 fighter. He still probably beats the Paul Felders and the Ally Quintas of the lightweight division. But those are more competitive fights than we would have than everyone would have thought a year ago or, or a year and a half ago. And so at 36 years old, I only think Tony goes down from here. I don't really think he will ever be back in the title picture. I mean, I, he could be close, but is he going to win the UFC lightweight championship? I really highly doubt it. And this is sad. This is, this is a depressing one for me and a lot of MMA fans because Khabib versus Ferguson is never going to happen. That is basically a fact. And that's just so heartbreaking to me because in, in my, I've been an MMA fan and, and covering the sport for basically seven years now. And so I wasn't around when sort of the Lesnar, Fedor super fights were kind of, and, you know, Fedor, or not Fedor, but Lesnar, Couture super fight. Well, I guess you know, the Fedor, Couture super fight, I think. The, 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 Khabib, to Khabib Tony was sort of the, the fight, the big fight that never happened for our era of of MMA and it's just even though I don't think it would have been all that competitive knowing what we know about Khabib now and what, knowing what we know about Tony now but that's just the fight that everyone wanted to see it was so big so important and at, at the time it was that fight could Ferguson 
give Khabib some problems. And so the fact that Tony is headed on, uh, headed downwards and Khabib is retired, there's no way we see this fight. And even if we do somehow miraculously, it's not going to be the fight that we wanted. And that just, that's going to be sad for a long time. It, it really does suck. Hey, because uh, I'm lazy and I didn't update uh, your graphics since the last time you came on. It says you haven't seen Home Alone. Has that changed? Actually, it did. Hey. I watched Home Alone, I don't know, like a week ago? Right that. after, right before Christmas, maybe? Thoughts? Just quick review. Not bad. It, maybe not as good as the hype it gets, but pretty good. Okay. Enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think there's probably a degree of uh, nostalgia that goes into it. It's not like a timeless film, but I think it's a it's a Christmas classic that kind of holds up in that sense. And yeah. quick shout out to Lucas Grandsire in the chat. Hey, the kids bop of MMA. <laughs> All three members are here. Uh, and I just want to say very quickly, you mentioned that you've been covering the sport for seven years. I think it's a crying shame that UFC Fight Pass awarded chase hooper as its journalist of the year when my man nick baldwin has been covering mma for more years than he's been on this earth like how do they not give it to you nick i mean i've been 16 for nine years or something like that yeah no i don't know um hey, chase nick, hooper, did you I mean, shave he... before that listen i also the biggest losers are unfortunately everyone who has to stare at my lazy neck beard face what i wouldn't give to not have hair follicles like you like how often do you shave nick can i ask you this question once a week and what happens at, like well, i don't have to what does like, day like six look like you, you can't really see anything wow man yeah i w i just wish i could either grow good facial hair or not have it at all this 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 middle ground effing kills me yeah no i i can't relate what a life what a life we got a great head of hair yeah caleb was a. Uh, mentioning both of our hairs right now i can't i stopped getting haircuts a few months ago because pandemic um yeah i don't i don't care about my hair yeah i just don't yeah, know I, if he's if he genuinely likes how it's looking like i mean it's kind of holding its place i mean us. it it doesn't look like you haven't gone a haircut it looks like you're breaking the 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 rules in in british columbia and going out there and getting a fancy haircut hey man gotta that's gotta stay like, fresh but... but that's enough of my vanity Wow, we really are the biggest losers of 2020. Uh, I'm gonna people throw people to, don't care about us. Yeah, I'm going to throw to you this time, Nick. Who? Give me another one of your big winners for the year. We've gone through Flyaway, Davidson, Figueredo, and Habib up to this point. I think Israel Adesanya is a big winner. I know the Romero fight was boring. Like, I'll just put it out there. That fight was pretty bad. And certainly, you know, compared to expectations, it was, it was quite, quite terrible. But that win over Paulo Costa, that had to have been one of the best performances of the year. Um, if not number one, I, I think it top three, top five at the very least. Um, just because Paulo Costa came into that fight and everybody thought, hey, if anybody can beat Izzy, just given Costa's power and aggression and everything, you know, th this might be that fight where Izzy stumbles a little bit and Izzy looked better than ever. He looked incredible. I mean, he just picked Costa apart. He obviously landed the, the the shot at the end, knocked him down, grounded pound. I mean, it was it was really incredible how one sided that fight was. And so, I think everybody forgot about that Romero fight uh, as soon as he knocked out Costa. And I think the win over Costa, given how anticipated that matchup was and how big and important that fight was, I think that's the matchup that really has started to propel Adesanya and it's earned him a shot at the light heavyweight champion Jan Blachowicz, um and and potentially a, a fight with John Jones later in 2021 or 2022 I think that's I mean to me my most anticipated fight of sort of moving forward whether it happens this year or next year is Jones versus Adesanya I I really hope that fight happens um so yeah Israel Adesanya I mean he totally made people forget about that Romero fight and uh he reminded people that, hey, this, this is the new breed of middleweights, and no one is on Izzy's level right now. Not at all. Did you see my mans? You know, I'm, I'm stuck here sitting in my room eating my feelings, and uh, he's, he's in New Zealand. He's at some music festival, got the got little rave glasses on, having the time of his life. Man, I got to get my ass to New Zealand. <laughs> we have to quarantine probably for a month or so. 
Man, less time that I spent quarantined. Might be worth it. Um, yes, and funny enough, you mentioned that where there's a winner, like I said, there's a loser. And Paulo Costa, rough, rough loss. Every every way manageable, like uh, post fight, especially. I mean, dude. So the- that's the thing. It's like all this hype gets absolutely derailed, like completely one-sided, dominant. Like Izzy looked like he was playing with a child in there. A, strong masculine handsome as all hell child not only you know can he not come anywhere close to uh, making good on his word paulo costa post fight he's making all sorts of stupid excuses and beyond that my man got humped he got knocked out and he got humped on pay-per-view in front of the world flight uh, fight island looking more like those hedonism sex hotels you find in jamaica Oh, These kids here, Shaq. Come on, <laughs> come on. Sorry, it's a it's a kids program. I keep forgetting. <laughs> uh, insanity, insanity. And then he called for an immediate rematch. Oh man, just everything about I that mean, was so bad. It, it, yeah, Paul Costa's rise and career kind of just fell apart in one night, one or two nights. Yeah, I mean, it. it, it I I think Costa can bounce back from this, but yeah, 2020 was pretty rough for the Eraser. Uh, Ron Patel chimes in the wonderful Ron Patel. Um, and he says, Nick's from Winnipeg, you idiot, which Nick will not understand, but that's. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill reference from the great chris jericho of wwe fame mm-hmm. a fan once told him i think to like go back to toronto or something or manitoba oh no no so yeah i made like toronto or something and then chris jericho turns around he's like i'm from winnipeg you idiot mid-match great time okay nick doesn't one care. fact about chris jericho oh. actually i my my mom's old cleaning lady chris jericho is her like brother-in-law or cousin-in-law or some somewhat distant but still close relative and I don't know. I've always thought that was kind of cool. Oh, fun. So here, actually, while we're doing this uh, random story thing, when I was in journalism school, the Vancouver Police Department invited uh, us as well as legitimate uh, news publications from around the city and province to come do a day of, like, police training. They kind of just wanted to, I guess, uh, make better connections with the media, sort of explain to them what it's like to be a police officer, make a little bit of goodwill, all that. So they would um, kind of show you in real time, like some of the very quick split second decisions that end with good and bad things happening. They take us to the driving range and have us shoot ARs. And then they put us in, um, you know, they vested us up, gave us a fake gun and we went out onto a beat. They actually had actors in a room playing out a nightclub scene where someone gets stabbed just to see like how you respond in the moment. And fun fact, uh, I, I, I was my dad and I used to go shooting with like air guns and pellet guns when I was a kid. So, uh, I, I killed it. Pat myself on the back here. It was like a, they have like a target of like a school shooter, uh, two in the head, two in the head, three in the chest, whatever it is. I absolutely nailed it. And the, uh, police officer, the trainer there turns around and says, Hey, if this media thing doesn't work out for you, you should come apply here. That police officer was Mauro Ranallo's brother. Hmm. 
weird fact, right? So, yeah, uh, Mauro Ronaldo's bro is that. Because cause like, he walked in, I'm like, that is Mauro fucking Ronaldo. Like, that is without a doubt Mauro Ronaldo. I'm like, hey, is that guy's brother in media? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's Officer Ronaldo over there. It's That's funny. Ronaldo. Still can't get an interview with Mauro, though, but whatever. All good. Of course. Um, okay, winners, 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 chicken dinners all around. Dana White, I know some of the more sensitive people in the media hate to say it, but this was a damn good year for the UFC. They were the first sport back. They managed to, for you know, all intents and purposes, put on relatively safe events. Um, and you know, forget about uh, Dana White jerking off all over the internet to end the year. Uh, he, I have to give credit where credit is due. We got a ton of really great fights this year. Uh, they really were the leader in, in sports in terms of getting events back in a feasible way. And hey, man, it, it, it gave you and I something to do all year. So I will definitely give credit where credit's due. It was a really good year for the UFC, all things considered. I'm I'm going to counter that a really? little bit. I don't, I'm not saying Dana White didn't have any wins. I, I, I think overall it was a relatively successful year but we can't forget about though like how the the i mean when covid was brand new when back in march april before events were were back i mean they tried to go past the california state of athletic oh they did garbage garbage shit and that's 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 my point and so they're they're trying to get past the commission so they can hold events on tribal land in california um without covid protocols basically or with with very minimal covid protocols um, they held the UFC Brasilia event when COVID just sort of hit back in March. And that was after, you know, a few days after the NBA shut down, MLB postponed what was going on. Hockey was done at that point as well. Um, and, and they went on without, you know, any COVID testing whatsoever. Um, you can't forget about all the COVID tests that they have had, um, especially in the past few months. I mean, August, I think there is a stretch of three or four events where, you had a, a fight day cancellation every week. Um, same thing pretty recently, November, December, there was quite a few um, for each card. I mean, I, I think the last three cards or last four, there was like three or four that week. Um, and it, it seems like some of their COVID protocols haven't really well been up to snuff, especially in Vegas. I think the Fight Island ones were pretty good. I think the ones in Abu Dhabi were, so, were good. And so, you, and so you saw very few. A positive test but as soon as they went back to the apex those went right right back up and okay, so well to be and granted this is a this is probably a more complicated conversation that we have time to is. really dive into but uh i don't think the positive tests are so much a consequence of the ufc's ineffective protocols as it is a byproduct of a cases going up and b because there yeah. are fights I mean, fighters you're... are training more gyms are getting busier and so the ufc is not I don't think directly responsible for the spread in no, MMA, no, but they're very much indirectly responsible because it's the fact they, that they're having fights that all these people are training, right? I'm, I'm not trying to say that the UFC is solely to blame for an increase in positive tests of among athletes and coaches. Mm-hmm. That's not at all what I'm saying. It, it's simply that, you know, we're, we're getting COVID-19 positive tests in the NBA, in yeah. MLB, in NFL. I mean, you're going to see it everywhere. I mean, this is a, a, a global health crisis you're, you're just gonna i mean they don't not exist of course but there's things you can do to to reduce positive tests and if a fighter does test positive making sure that they're not you know waiting around and and going to the weigh-ins and and shaking hands with dana white and yeah, it true. just it, it it seems like a lot of their their protocols were a bit more or actually a lot more lax than they should have been especially in vegas and so Although it was a successful year for the UFC, I think it's important to note, you know, surrounding the pandemic, everything that that didn't go quite uh, as as you would have hoped. Yeah. And so that that is obviously like the big from anyone with, uh, you know, a, a human brain that of a functioning human brain. That is the crux of the argument regarding that sort of media hit piece Dana White put out, which is. And I had a lot of people arguing to the contrary. But as far as I'm aware and the media sources that I um digest the like 95% of the media backlash against Dana White was when he was trying to circumnavigate state commissions and governments 
to host events that would otherwise be deemed illegal um if not for you know the laws of uh native indigenous american lands whatever the proper term is in, in the u.s um additionally the first jacksonville event obviously is going to get hit with questions and concerns and criticism because it's the first one right but i think once the ufc showed that they had a you know for let's let's meet in the middle and say for uh, several months a good track record of being able to put forward protocols and we weren't getting tests Uh, the ufc hit it out of the park at least for a while there and to sort of segue off the Dana White conversation, man, this year I learned, if I wasn't sure performed, boy, did 2020 affirm that there are a lot of losers amongst MMA fans. Jeez, man, MMA Twitter, MMA Reddit, all around, what a cesspool. It's like the people, listen, I, the UFC, UFC has always been phenomenal to me. Um, I am probably less critical of Dana White than most people. Um, not to say I'm not critical, I just don't express it as much. Uh, mostly I just stick to like fighter pay stuff. But the reality is, it's like there are so many MMA fans devoid of independent thinking that grasp onto Dana's chest like a baby seeking colostrum. Like it is, it was so disappointing this year to find out how many MMA fans just take whatever it is that the UFC machine shoves into their throats. Uh, and, but I mean, you know what? I, I'm is... convinced that there are a good amount of MMA fans who hate MMA fighters, and I yeah. don't understand it. I a hundred percent, a hundred, really don't get it. Why? I mean, they, they, I mean, not to sort of, you know, be all they, they, they give their blood, sweat, and tears, but they do. I mean, they go in there, they're underpaid, and they fight for your enjoyment, and you want them to be underpaid, and you aren't, you know think certain things and i mean i just like why not support them like why can't you do that these people are sad in their own lives because they're sad and unsuccessful in their own lives and this is the thing what i've learned from my interactions with people in this industry from fighters like uriah faber to media personalities like ariel hawani luke thomas brian campbell in my experiences it's like successful people for the most part i don't know i I won't speak to people on same levels or that are competing, whatever. But for the most part, when you're successful, you want to spread that wealth around. Yeah, you know, you want to share this advice. This, and this give isn't stuff. to say all MMA fans don't support no, fighters. And no, fighters. and in fact, there are I would a like a good to shout amount out, of of fans that do. Yes, and are great, including <laughs> all the wonderful listeners of One Two Punch: Caleb, Aaron Weinbaum, Aaron Malone, Sylvia Cyberpunk, Lucas Grandsire, Ron Patel, of course, and more. Um, and that's just our, you know, the people on the live stream right now. It's on to say for all the wonderful fans. And if you're a Dana White nut hugger, keep watching our show because I like seeing those clicks. Thumbs up, subscribe, all yes, that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Uh, we are at the, we obviously started late. We're at the 35 minute mark. Probably got about 10 to go. So let's touch on a couple more winners and losers. Um, I'm going to say. Do you have any winners that you like to highlight? Because I've got some losers, unfortunately. I, no, yeah. no, no. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Because okay. everyone hates me when I do. Jake Paul had a damn good year in combat sports. Jake Paul had a damn good year in combat sports. He's being mentioned by Ben Askren, Michael Bisping, Conor McGregor, Dylan Dennis, Brendan Schaub. Even the great Shaquille Madjuri keeps talking about him. It was a good year for Jake Paul. But I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't want to comment. Um... One that, you know, some people might sort of shake their head, head at or, or be confused about. But I do think this is, this is real. I think one of the winners of 2020 was actually Conor McGregor. Um, some people forgot that he actually did fight in 2020 because it was 40 seconds. It was a, a whooping of Donald Cowboy Cerrone. It was in January before COVID, before the world shut down and blew up. But he came back in 2020 and he looked damn good. I mean, this was his first victory since 2016 his first fights in 20 since 2018 and uh it not only did it remind fans that hey connor is still a legit contender and maybe and now with khabib retiring a future champion but um it it, it took the distraction away from all the legal issues if you remember in 2019 one of the year's biggest stories was hey connor keeps getting in trouble 
from the sexual assault allegations to the bar mm. punched and to the phone in Miami. I mean, the, his 2019 was just a slew of arrests and legal troubles. And so in 2020, it was Connor's back. He looked better than he has in a long time. And now when's he going to fight? It, it was all about when is Connor going to be back? And I mean, he didn't live up to his three fight campaign. And so he's not the biggest winner of 2020, not what I'm trying to say, but he definitely did have a successful year in the sense that, you know, he, he's back. People remember him now for being a former UFC two division champion and not for being sort of an outcast, you know, guy that just keeps getting in trouble. And so I think for Connor that, that, that was really yes. important to uh, fix his brand a little bit. Isn't it amazing how the Conor McGregor's and John Jones's of the world don't get in trouble when they can't leave their house? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> true. Keep the drinking inside. Okay. Um, that actually kind of segues to, I like what you're saying. And I guess in that case, as well as a Conor McGregor fan, you don't have as much to try and defend for him. But I'm going to say it was kind of a losing year as a Conor McGregor fan because he makes his return in January. has such a dom. And listen, I know people are going to say Donald Cerrone is washed or whatever. I don't quite agree, but I get what you're saying. There are levels to this game. So and so forth. But the way in which Conor McGregor just absolutely demolished Donald Cerrone, paired with the fact that um, his loss to Habib, I believe, if it hasn't aged better, definitely hasn't aged worse, just based on the way that Habib completely dominated Justin Gaethje, his super strong performance against Dustin Poirier, like, I think Habib's credit, uh, sorry, Connor's credibility as a world champ took a little bit of a hit after that Habib loss. But I think the fact that, you know, Connor's now lumped in with Dustin and Justin, it, it sort of helps his case. But as a Connor fan, it must kind of suck to have such a huge triumphant return for him to start the year and then have to wait another 12 months to see him fight again, yeah. right? Like you mentioned, a three fight campaign was the plan. We never saw it happen. I'm glad we're going to get it. But. This is just not the frequency in which you want to see Conor fight if you're a Conor McGregor fan. Because, spoiler, he's not getting any younger. And, yeah. like, how long are we going to have him for if he's going to be fighting annually? No, I agree. I mean, it, it was a win for Conor just yes. because he did come back and he was triumphant. He beat Cerrone and all that. But there was the talk, as I said, of three fights. And, you know, the international fight with Justin Gaethje, then the Khabib rematch, or Tony Ferguson, or or whoever, Kamaru Usman, Jorge Masvidal, that was a big, I mean, something that I've been thinking about recently, no one is talking about Jorge Masvidal versus Conor McGregor anymore. And that was the talk of the town this time last year. It's crazy to me, Um, but that's just how it goes. I mean, Masvidal's fallen off a little bit. Conor has been inactive. But yeah, I agree. Conor McGregor fans should be disappointed because we were expecting, or, or they were expecting three fights, and they got 40 seconds, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to rattle off uh, just because we got to start wrapping up without going into too much detail. Three obvious winners that we have missed this year. Hamza Chemayev from yep. zero to hero. Kevin Holland. Uh, Absolutely. What, what, what is he at now? Five wins in the year? Four or five? Five. Five. Yep. five. five plus that ridiculous knockout of Jacare Souza with a punch off his back. Joaquin Buckley, one of the all-time greatest oh, KOs. Good one, yeah. And, and Gilbert Burns, although, you know, it would have been a way bigger winner if we squeezed this fight into this year, he went from sort of a perennial mid-ranked contender to someone, and listen, I'm, I'm, I've gathered my fight picks from UFC fighters for Kamar Usman versus Gilbert Burns. Spoiler, most of, more than half of the fighters I surveyed are picking Gilbert Burns to beat Kamar Usman. So yeah. to imagine Kamar Usman, the Nigerian nightmare, such a dominant champion, to be the underdog in a lot of fighters' eyes against Gilbert Burns, who we were not talking about at all last year. No. Such a nice guy, too. So love to see that for him. And unfortunately, hate to end it on a sour note, but man, Tyron Woodley's time has kind of come and gone. This was This was a rough year for the chosen one. It was. Um, I'll give off a few more winners just kind of quick, and I got a couple more losers. Um, Jan Blachowicz, big winner in 2020, yes. knocked out Corey Anderson in in a year or in a fight that I, I I still find it funny how many people were talking about John Jones versus Corey Anderson before that Anderson Blachowicz rematch even happened. Like people just assumed that Anderson would win and then earn a title shot. Blachowicz goes out there, knocks him out in under five minutes, and then he upsets Dominic Reyes for the vacant belt. Hell of a year for Blahoe, which I think it or on my rankings, he was the third ranked or number three fight of the year. 
Um, I think Frankie Edgar is, is a, is a winner in 2020. I mean, he dropped, he dropped down to Bantamweight. There is kind of some hesitation from fans just because, you know, we, we see the sort of Diego Sanchez move down in weight when you're getting up there in age, doesn't really work out, but he beat, I mean, I'll beat close, but he did beat Pedro Munoz, a top 10 Bantamweight. And now he's fighting Corey Sandhagen early, uh, early this year. So big winner in 2020, Cody Garbrandt returned from a three, uh, three fight skid knocked out Rafael Asuncao. That was a big win for Garbrandt. Brian Ortega returns. Mm. Charles Oliveira looked good. RDA back in the lightweight title picture. Benil Dariush, a couple of, of big knockouts. Huge, um, huge year. And then, Darius. and actually, one uh, a couple more. Glover DeShera had yeah, a huge year. 2 0. Tiago Santos, Anthony Smith, dominant wins. And uh, ending things with. Uh, you know, two women who had one of the best fights of the year. I, I give, you know, I think both of them are winners, Zhang Weili and Yuanium Jacek. I mean, that was one of the best fights ever. And uh, yeah, you got to give credit to both of them. Yes. And uh, shout out to Caleb in the chat who uh, mentioned that fight right off the top. Uh, Stephen Nathan chimes in. I'm a Dana White nut rider. Well, Stephen. I mean, there you go. Hey, man. People I, love Dana White. And people I mean, love Dana I, White. And I'm not I will say, blame them, but I will say, I appreciate you owning up to it. That is big. That is, that, that is where we all start, right? Um, I'm actually going to give sort of a winner-loser hybrid two guys you mentioned, Glover Teixeira. Winner because, man, he's had the most incredible career resurgence in his 40s on the cusp of a title shot. But loser because just as we're heading into 2021, we find out that indeed it will be Jan Blahovich versus Israel Adesanya next. I, I, I'm convinced Glover's never going to get the title shot, maybe may yeah. an interim belt, but like, I can't imagine how long the division's going to get held up if Izzy wins. Because if Izzy wins, you know they're going to try to somehow do the Jones fight. Jones but thing, I, he's got middleweight still, you're I, never going to I don't see. know how that's going to unfold because Jones is at heavyweight, and, or at least that's yes, the plan. And is he going to come back down to fight Izzy for his belt? I I don't it's know. Just, it'll be interesting, it's but I really agree. Shut things it, down. It's unfortunate for Glover because he deserved that shot. I think Blahovich was probably the perfect opponent to try and get the title against. Not nothing against Blahovich, but I think that's definitely a winnable fight for Glover. Better than Izzy, yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, again, a winner loser hybrid. Brian Ortega, man, we were thinking he was in way over his head against Max Holloway, which he was, and then a the long layoff, but he comes back and dominates the Korean Zombie. But you got to give him a down because that beautiful head of hair is done. So, what a it, shame it, it, that it'll was. grow back. Hair grows eventually, back. Shaq. Eventually, um, um, can yeah. I give a couple more losers real quick? Yeah, man. If you want to be a Debbie Downer and end the show on a loss, go well, for it. That, that's how we do things over at One Two Punch. <laughs> uh, Marlon Rice I had a had a bad uh, stretch at the end of the year. I both two zero oh, and two in twenty twenty. Both losses came in October or later knockouts over Corey Sandhagen or against Corey Sandhagen and, and Rob Font went from in 2019, one of the best bandmates on the planet to now a guy that probably won't ever be back in the title picture. So that's unfortunate. Um, I actually think Korean zombie, um, I, I would put him in this category and it pains me because I, I like TKs to get a lot, but um, fell flat against Brian Ortega in a big way. And, and that could have been a title eliminator and proved to be because Ortega is getting the next title shot. And now you kind of have to wonder, is Zombie ever going to be? Um, I, don't, I don't think he's necessarily done or on a downward trajectory. I think he can still bounce back. But is he ever going to be the champion? Probably not. Um, Jorge Masvidal only fought once in 2020 after a huge 2019. I mean, he lost to Kamaru Usman, so no shame in that. But on short notice, to me, yeah. game bread on short notice as well. Good point. But to me, game bread lost a lot of that, that luster, that hype. Yeah. Momentum, nice. absolutely. Um, Kelvin Gastelum had a rough 2020 as well. Um, just sitting here writing down I'm, losers. <laughs> well, wrote down winners and losers. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's about it. Uh, all right, Martin you know, 2020 has to be a good year for yeah. some people, but a bad year for others. This that's the true, way it man. goes. We could probably do this forever because there are so many damn fights this year, yes. But I think we'll leave it. Um, I, I do want to end it on this note one. MMA fans are going to be big winners because once we get back from this hiatus, you got three cards in one week. Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater. Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. A whole lot of goodies. 
Uh, I don't know how you're feeling, but I'm not looking forward to working three fight nights in seven days. I'm going to give myself a down. Yeah, I mean, part of me is, is like, I, I'm not happy that Edwards and Shamayev is off because that's starting to become like the Zabitier yeah. or the Khabib Tony of the Walter division. But having that fight and having Conor Poirier three days later just wasn't going to work. Oh, it's exhausting, exhausting. But guys, I wanna I wanna end this by uh, giving myself some props. This has been a fun year, pandemic aside. Uh, got to link up with Fightful. It's been it's been a real blessing to see the sort of love that the community over here has. Um, you know, the Caleb's, the Ron Patels, the Joseph Boses of the world. I, I know I'm mentioning. Uh, only a few, but I would be here all dang day. Uh, it's been really nice having this platform to con- reconnect with the eunuch and uh, Lucas, Drake Riggs, Aaron Bronstetter, Shane Al- Sean Alshadi, James Lynch. I could honestly do this for days, but it's been fun. I'm really excited for how Fightful MMA is going to shape up in 2021. And I, I really do want to end this by thanking both our YouTube listeners and our audio-only listeners for being so receptive, for being here every week with me. It's been a whole lot of fun, and I think we're going to have a whole lot more fun in the next 12 months. Nick, tell the people where they can find you. The people can find me on Twitter at Nick Baldwin MMA. They can find my work over at The Score, download The Score app. Um, I've been off for the past little while, but uh, all of my year-end content is either published or going to be published in the next couple of days. We had top five fights, top five fighters, knockouts. Uh, 10 biggest storylines or, or stories of 2020 we had or we're going to have five predictions for 2021 all of which are probably going to be wrong and then uh, finishing things out on Sunday championship predictions for the end of 2021 so keep it locked to the score for all of that goodness boom guys leave you with this hit subscribe tap notification bell leave a like on this video all that does so much for us over here at Fightful MMA, we really do appreciate it. And of course, it wouldn't be one-two punch without my terrible outro. So stay tuned with Fightful. Oh, I already messed it up. Stay tuned for everything Fightful and so delightful. I'm tired. Happy New Year. Peace out, y'all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.